Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Don't let your ears hog all the fun. This episode of Steel Wars is also available in full video at youtube.com forward slash Steel Wars. Hey guys, and welcome to the Steel Wars Hyper Chat for Wednesday, August 14th, 2019. I am Comedian Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars. And for the next hour or so, we'll be talking all things Star Wars on YouTube, on the podcast, on Blog Talk Radio. If you want to call in and join the conversation, it is 563 Five. And I am joined as our video watchers just got revealed in studio by the producer, Rashad. How are you doing, Rashad? Sad is. <laughs> I've got to get rid of our image on here. This is going to ruin us being okay. able to see us here. Uh, also, our co-host and patrolling that live chat, which is already heating up. We've got Tom Chansky. We've got Mr. Rez. We've got Jim Andy Campbell from Australia is dropping a g'day, which Ooh. is good day to you, mate. On brand, but cliche. Welcome from New York, our friend, and maybe yours. I can't vouch for that. It's Emily Lind. Hello. From the Canto Bite Dispatch podcast. That's right. How has your Star Wars week been, Emily? Um, it was. It definitely picked up today. I'll say that. Oh, with the trailer? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we've got so many things to talk about. The trailer is one of them. Uh, We'll be talking about the Resistance trailer. We've got Star Wars Barbies. And uh, I'm interested. I've I've been out of the loop because I've been in Vegas for a couple of days uh, doing work for my other life. Quote-unquote work in Vegas. I've been doing work in Vegas. I didn't get. I, I gambled. Working those slots. I gambled. I did. I did play the slots. Of course you did. No, five dollars. So That's I it? so I get half price ribs. Oh man! So uh, you got to pay the cost to be the boss. Thank you, Ellis Island uh, g- gambling establishment. Great ribs, and very low return on my five dollars. Uh, we've got D twenty three coming up. Uh, Galaxy's Edge. A lot of talk about Galaxy's Edge. I've been there. Underperforming. Uh, and uh, I also want to conclude with uh, a bit of discussion about um, it will melt your mind. And Smith was told, Rashad, about uh, the final scene of The Rise of Skywalker. You know, I got a feeling it's probably not going to melt my mind, but I'm eager to hear what he has to say. <laughs> Just say He has, look, I, I like Kevin Smith. He's got a knack for hyperbole. Yeah, but I don't think it was him being the hyperbur. Oh, so like all the other news outlets just like 
You won't believe what he said. No, I think he was told that on set that it would melt his mind. Oh, okay. They had a like a they, they I don't know like if where the wherever they're at Pinewood or wherever they got like a sign on like the door with like a brain and then like melt like, like heat waves. Don't go in unless you've got your helmet on. Do you have to wear one of those helmets on that set like Magneto? There you go, X Men hey, reference. I was just gonna say. Yeah. Thank see? you. I appreciate that. <laughs> He's reaching through fandoms for me. Okay. Shows so he cares. He was talking Aww, about X Men before, so I'd, I'd, I'd throw that in. But uh, Star Wars Resistance is uh, the first thing on uh, the lips of Star Wars fans today. I'm sorry to all those podcasts that um, you know recorded and put out their episodes today. Uh, bad motivators. Sorry about that, guys. But uh, that's the way the news crumbles. Uh, Let's play it because uh, Rashad hasn't even seen it. So uh, let's. Everyone's back to the Colossus! The ambulance is hit! Get us into space and shoot! It's our only way to escape! It's going to be hard to keep this station together with the First Order at our backs. We're running low on everything food, water, even fuel. Please, be patient. We're in the middle of a war. And you can thank your captains for that. The Colossus deserves a new home. We have to work together if we're going to survive. We only take orders from one tyrant, Captain Kragen. <laughs> Tabra, if you are to rise in the ranks, I will require your total cooperation. Yes, sir. She is key to finding the Colossus. Finally, we will wipe them out. Fail, and I will see to your personally. They're everywhere. Entire planets are just giving up. It's just like the Empire when I was a kid. How do they know how to find us? Yes, get as far away as you can. They are bound to hide us away. Just act casual and keep a low profile. I was a spy. I'm a master at keeping a low profile. Impressive. The aces can handle this. I think she's the one in charge. Ooh, you're quick. What is this place? I don't recognize all of these symbols. It's a power source from an ancient time. Rashad, that's your first viewing. What do you what do you make of it, buddy? That's pretty neat. My big takeaway: Lucasfilm loves space marine life, 
in all of their animated properties. We got space whales. We got space manta rays. What are they going to think up next? All I can think about watching that trailer is that font. Yeah. I know it's it's like this is like a bizarre steel thing right. that I get hooked up on, but that font was what was it? it was like impact or something with a key like a one point key line around it. It's It's better than Comic Sans or Cosmic Sans. Or I don't know. It's just such a have you got any, any theories on this font, Emily? I have to say was not the thing that drew my attention. Oh, dude, every time I watch it, I'm just like, that font, why? And it's it's like like each each word is like got a capital letter at the front and then but it it's just uh, Steel Wars. Come for the Star Wars talk, stay for the font theories. Oh uh, no, I'm a big fan of typesetting and uh that font was uh typography. Ugh. Is that yeah. what it's called? Typography? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I think um, I've got to move this uh, around like oh, this because sure. I'm a little bit... Oh, wait. Is that is that doing the right thing there? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Uh, it's hard to tell because I do that on there and it's got a delay. Trailer's neat. Kylo Ren's in it. That's cool. Okay. Well, uh, we've got someone on the line that's going to talk a bit of uh, Resistance trailer with us. And if you want to join us, uh, just call in on 563-999-3745. It's a different number than we used to use. So uh, if you've got it saved, unsave it and save this. And if you want to call in internationally, get on Skype. And uh, if you're just listening to this on the podcast, you're missing Rashad. Pointing in the wrong direction. Point, the trying to point at the logo as he's put up on the I, screen. I'm a professional. Rashad's in control of the uh, the very rudimentary graphics we can use on this, and he's doing a great job. And, dude, you're pointing the wrong way. I know. I know. This is so bad. It's I, over here. It's 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 here. Yes, there. Okay, Where great. Steel's pointing. Call oh, that number. Anyway, call that number. It's on the bottom of the screen. And uh, live from Ohio, it's... The king of all toms, King Tom. How you doing, buddy? Woohoo. I'm all right. Hello, Steel, Emily, Rashad. Thank you for having me. So I do. Where do you stand on this? On- I do. <laughs> well, here's what I've been thinking, Steel. After seeing this trailer, <laughs> there's a lot of awesome stuff in it, and everybody else, but you guys are talking about one thing about this trailer, but you guys are talking about the font. The font, I, you know, as someone who dabbles in typography professionally, I had no problems with it. So it is typography. Ooh. A professional typographist weighing in on Fontgate. Alright, I, I, I'll get over my font issues. I think the, one of the main things that people are talking about, Rashad, is mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the thrilling conclusion, yeah. or how, however they, uh, they put it together. I'm a little surprised by that. The epic conclusion... Now, I did a slight bit of research. I'm not sure if anyone in the chat or anyone on the line can help this out. Does anyone know how many episodes this is? Because I had a look on IMDb and there's only 11 listed and that would bring you up to mid-December. So it would, the 11 listed would bring you up to the end of The Rise of Skywalker. Now, real quick... Didn't the first season kind of break the season in half? Or was yeah. it all one continuous? No, no, it, it, it did break up. But this is what I'm thinking. Here's what I've been thinking, King Tom, right back at you, is... Because <laughs> people were, like, some people were a little bit upset that, like, it's ending now. Sure. And I kind of think 
in my head, if there's 11 more episodes, it wraps up and their story ends somewhere between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, preferably as close to The Rise of Skywalker as possible, Mm -hmm. then you've got The Rise of Skywalker and then after that their story is like that it's they can just do their thing in our imaginations. They don't need to be on TV anymore. Sure. Yeah. It's like if like just say they had and I don't know if anyone can help me out about this. I was rambling about this on one of the Patreon shows that isn't up yet. Um, I, I recorded a lot of material on the way back from Vegas in the car. It was uh, it was quite a, a content excursion. Contentous uh, extravaganza. Robbo rang me and we recorded a podcast on the phone. Oh, so you answered Robbo's call. Oh. Oh, oh whoops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did say if I don't answer, it means I'm on a podcast. I know, I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> it's working. Hey, language warning on the podcast, Rashad. Excuse me. That's the sort of thing a good producer should be trying. Giving you poodoo. About. Anyway, um, did George Lucas, when did he have the idea for the Clone Wars cartoon? It was like after it all finished up, yeah. He first publicly announced it at the celebration in 2005, right before Revenge of the Sith came out. Oh, so he did. Oh, that's even... Oh, that's even more frustrating then. You mean the, the Cartoon Network CGI one, not the Genity Tarp, however you say his last Tarkovs- name. Tartakovsky? Uh, the Corey Tar- one. Yeah. Thank you, Rochelle. I, I call it the Corey yeah. series. The Corey one. Yeah. yeah. Corey Wars. The one that Emily loves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, because I was, I was sort of musing that if he had to just put in a little hint about, um, Ahsoka, like, or, or even just like a Padawan that like had gone in between those two movies, that would sort of that would have helped her introduction be a lot more accepted. Like if they gave her like a Clone Wars type reference, like in A New Hope. Mm. Uh, anyway, but um, yeah, I, I, I kind of think, and I'm not like a huge fan of this cartoon. I, I think it's like good, but um, not. Like, I'm not fanning out over it. But after The Rise of Skywalker, whether or not their story ends before or after, I'm, I'm kind of like, I've got no urgency to find out. I couldn't imagine, like, caring that much. About these characters? Yeah, or just even the story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, like, whilst there are other people that are very devout fans, I feel like if I'm not into it, then Joe Ticket Buyer... You know that dude that's just got like two Funko Pops? I live uh, two doors down from him. Okay. Yeah, well, then he's definitely not going to be into it. Mm-hmm. So uh, where, where do you guys sit on that one, Emily? Yeah, it would be weird to go back to it after The Rise of Skywalker, especially as we get this whole, you know, The Rise of Skywalker is the end of the saga, the end of this piece of Star Wars, and however much you think that's true or not, it'd be weird to do six episodes of a cartoon that is set right before this movie, then have the movie, and then have a few more episodes. I, I don't think that makes any sense. I'm I'm happy for the series to end. As much as I've enjoyed it, I, I was lukewarm in it for most of this first season and then fell in love with it in the past couple of, like, the last few episodes. But I'd much rather have 
one more season of really solid, tight storytelling, and then it's done, then three more seasons of, eh, they're sort of hanging around doing stuff. Yeah, just like treading water, literally. Well, no, not anymore. True. It's it's taken off, <laughs> both in pace and the ship. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Did, is anyone, did anyone see the episode at Celebration? I did not. I did not. Fine. Maybe one of our callers did. Maybe, but we'll find out later. Um, but, however, and I doubt this very much, if this part of the series led up to the rise of Skywalker and then somehow the remaining 10 or 11 were post, I'd be very interested in that. But I don't want to go... I don't want to see the rise of Skywalker and then go back and then... I don't want Resistance to be the thing that shows us the post-Rise of Skywalker world, if that makes sense. Yeah, but it could just be a little true. Yeah, it could be a little nugget of something. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't Rise of Skywalker take place a year after The Last Jedi? I think. Yeah, I think they've... Have they officially said that? I'm sort of like in the, the, the 12 to 24 months period. Yeah, I thought I thought someone said it at some point around celebration and while I get the sense they've been on you know in space on the Colossus longer than they would like, I don't think it's been that long. No, no. Um what about like what we we saw in there a bit of Kylo Ren, uh not Adam Driver's voice which you know, what are you going to do? He's, he's busy in New York doing plays with uh, television's Felicity. He's an artist, a thespian. <laughs> Cartoons are art. <laughs> yes, they can be. Yep. Sometimes Rashad is just difficult for... Uh, just for the lols. Just for the lols. It was cool to see um, the, the, the Crimson Corsair. Yeah, that was cool. And um, one of those yep. Death Gang dot heads. You know, old Dothead? Oh, um, the Guavian King? Yeah, that was cool. Dothead. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think that's really appropriate. Oh, you think that's, like, racially insensitive? The Guavians might not enjoy that. But it's not, it's their mask. Maybe. Oh, you know what was really exciting is, I've seen it thrown around. That's a very name. Right. Like, Hammerhead or Squidhead. Yeah. The Galaxy's not very we're going to call you Crown Noggin. <laughs> um, they did have a scene, which I've seen on Twitter, a lot of people talking about. The uh, radar technician outfit, that's canon. That's in, that's in Resistance. That's a big deal for some people. I don't know who those people are, Dude, but it's a big deal. Yeah, maybe for you badge wearers, but uh, whatever's. I don't wear badges. I wear pins. <laughs> I um I did like ironically and cynically that you're watching the trailer and it's like oh this is you know, so much action and oh references it's all good and then it just shows Kaz like tripping over stuff yeah. and it's like oh that's right yeah. there's going to be a couple episodes where I don't care about this yeah. probably it's um he's got yeah, a he's got a case of Ezraritis it's um mm. it's for kids it is but you know the trailer makes it so serious like the music is like very intense a lot of war drums and it's very operatic yeah. in a lot of ways 
it seems like this season more than the last season, in my opinion, is going to have more more substance to it in a way, like for the hardcore fans. You say it's for the kids, Tom, and I agree. But I'm trying to remember in all the things I watched when I was young, like how many of these characters that I love were tripping up over everything? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I remember watching, like, G-Force, Battle of the Planets, or, uh, you know, <laughs> Voltron, or Transformers. I don't remember, like, all this tripping over. Robotech? They trip over on Robotech? I don't think they did. I, don't, I think you, sometimes you would have a, a character, a side character. Who side was, character, yes. You knew it was the comic relief. Side character. Not right. the, like the bit where he goes, I'm a spy, and then trips up. It kind of like, I don't know. It's it's like they're making fun of the conceit of the show, right? It's Yusa uh, could say he's a clumsy. <laughs> <laughs> a little Jar Jar reference for you. Uh, if you are on hold and you actually want to talk about resistance, hit one on your keypad, and then we'll know you want to chat about that. Or uh, we can chat about other things as well. Emily, what's happening in the chat? What's the vibe uh, with everyone in there? Uh, there seems to be a fair consensus on on being at least mostly okay that the show is ending after two seasons. Um, but Kieran, he says, it's weird to hear it's ending after season two when Rebels got at least four seasons. But then, then Aaron Aaron Taylor says, "I think I would have liked Rebels a lot more if it were only two seasons." So, yeah, I, I think just keep it tight, and and I just sort of think interest for the show is is just going to evaporate after. Like I was, it was so weird. I was relieved, really. Yeah, because it's just like, well, this bit of the story is done. We're going to see the movie. Draw new animated people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure they're working on it. That would be uh, very exciting. Emily um, did some amazing research. Uh, took a leaf out of comicbookreport.org's um, <laughs> research and and went straight to Pablo Hidalgo's Twitter account. And uh, he tweeted some fun stuff with coming up with some really... Oh, sorry. Some of the fun stuff we've been coming up to. Some really great adventures coming up. Uh, and then... More info will surely come soon, but we had some great writers join the squadron this season, many of whom have been patiently waiting to tell the world, I'm sure. And because this always trips people up, work on season two started in summer 2017. And I think that is a subtle hint to people letting them know that it's uh, it's not, like, cancelled. They, they stopped making yeah. it before... It was all part of the plan. But this is the, this is the kind of annoying thing, and by kind of, I mean very, is the whole... Like, at Celebration, just say it's the final season. Or just, like, like, mm-hmm. like just like the lack of how many episodes is it? When's it, like, like all these, like secrets for secrets' sake, 
it, it, yeah. it's so weird. And that, you know, then you you know the the Mandalorian and all that sort of stuff. And like I always think of like Picard. It doesn't come out for like six months. You know, and I've seen a jaw dropping trailer that right. um, makes me want to subscribe to something I really don't want to subscribe to. I I think part of it might be that they just didn't want Resistance to get overshadowed at Celebration and to have its own kind of moment in the sun. Because I feel like if you announce, by the way, Resistance is this is going to be the last season. In a convention where we saw a trailer for Rise of Skywalker, we got a bunch of footage for Mandalorian, and uh, there's a bunch of other stuff that happens. Let me pull you up there. Pull me up. Okay. Raise me up. So, uh, no, I won't be raising. Um, So to give their time in the sun, Mm -hmm. this great cartoon, to not, like, steal their thunder, Mm -hmm. they're going to announce it's the final season by just slipping it in the wording of, like, the trailer. Fair, but okay. Hang on. <laughs> on the other side of things, when's the last time you've had like quote unquote big Star Wars news to talk about in the last few months? This is like the biggest thing that's happened in a while. I'm still waiting for big Star Wars news. Trust me. Oh, shade. Next week. Next week. D23. D23. Um, any other thoughts on uh, the whole deal? Well, I'm just sort of wondering what the rest of you sort of, what are you most looking forward to in this season? Because for me, I am, what really interested me was Tam's storyline of going over to the First Order, because that's a story we haven't gotten in Star Wars before. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen like the fall to the dark side, but just like a normal person getting seduced by something like the First Order of the Empire, like, for me, that's fascinating. I'm sure she's going to be redeemed. Like, even in the trailer, you can tell she's being really conflicted, but I'm really interested in seeing that part play out. So I was wondering, what are you guys most looking forward to seeing? I'm going to go with nothing. Yeah, okay. Like, I'm going to watch it, but I'm, like, I'm not, it, it just... Like I'm not dissing it. It just You're not hasn't. Infested. It just hasn't grabbed me. Yeah, okay. I th- I think there's something think- to her story that's interesting, but not for the not necessarily for the reason you said, Emily. But I want to see more of the inner workings of first order military. I guess their training regimen and kind of the brainwashing and yada yada yada. I think that could be neat. I think I think Emily has definitely had a point about you know Tam and, and her storyline. One one thing I really would like to see from this series, not that it, it's disappointed me, but I don't I don't feel like we've gotten it. But since the very first time we saw footage of this series, they build it kind of as as a racing series, with you know focus. A lot of the early trailer focus and uh, promotional focus seem to be on the aces. Hey Tom, and can I interrupt you for they, a second? Can you say racing series again with that much enthusiasm? Which one? What am I saying? <laughs> Racing series. Yeah, you just—you really said it like like I got excited when you said it. Please say it again. Racing theory. Ooh, nice. I got checked. So, I, I would like to see more of, more of the the aces in action because it feels like last season we got more of them on the ground than in the air or in space, and th- that that's the kind of stuff I like. And also, I'm, I'm curious. As to this mysterious Jedi slash Sith slash ancient force, whatever battery type thing they're talking about. 
Star Wars spelled out, spelt out. Josh Chapman chimes in on the uh, on the little chat here, and he says, "I want to see how it plays out with the events of the Last Jedi going on in the background. Will we hear that Luke came back and stared down the First Order? Now that is enchanting Ooh. and enticing. I got chills. I don't think we will, and I also I don't think it's the best thing. Hey, I hope we hear about that movie we liked in the cartoon." Like, I, I just don't think that's the most, um, I don't know how it's, it's we not would... a good selling point for the cartoon if that's what you're looking forward to. Yeah, sure. But also that all happened so quickly. Uh, yeah. but it would be neat. <laughs> this one is dark. Darth Sidious 322, if that is your real name. <laughs> I'm hoping for a Rogue One style ending for Resistance. None of the new characters <laughs> resonate <laughs> with me. <laughs> Oh, and Brittany Brown says, lol, same. Jeez. Brittany Brown, so I know for a fact you don't, you don't want Bitey to die. Which one's Bitey? The fish thing uh, with the teeth. Yeah, so okay. I, I'm like quite whatever's about it, but I'm not... Like, I don't really... Like, I'm fine with it. Like, I'm not... It's just like... I'm not invested enough to really have a strong opinion on this show, but it's been fun. Yeah, and I've never... Like, none of the cartoons have really grabbed me yet. Like, even Clone Wars, I was... Like, I didn't watch it all when it first came out because I got to the shark people and... Some of the episodes of the Clone Wars I liked. Like, I'd say... I'm not saying they're not good, but I'm saying it didn't, like... Didn't grab your attention. Yeah, like, it's not... Hey, it, it's no HBO succession, Rashad. I know, I need to watch it. Damn. Hey, uh, Steel, I got, I, got, I got to head out, buddy. Oh, oh. Oh, where, where do you have oh. to go, oh. King Tom? Back to your family? Um, I, I know, uh, no, I, uh, a family of sorts. Oh, okay. I see how it is. Yeah, we see oh, how cool. it is, buddy. All right, enjoy, uh, enjoy your time in the big time, buddy. Enjoy uh, <laughs> talking about DC. The Snyder Cut, or whatever you talk about over there on the Sith list. Yeah. Have fun talking hey, about I, it I didn't plug you. I didn't plug, you did. <laughs> but th- thank you so much for having me, and have a great night, everybody. Oh, Tom, plug, plug your Patreon yeah. show before you go, buddy. Come on. Oh, the one, I do, the one I do with Haas on Blue Harvest? The one I do with Luke Cruiser and, and producer extraordinaire? And he just, he just cut out. That's a real shame. He does a show with Steel. Steel's just salty about it. I'm not salty about it. It's a great show. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit salty. He doesn't <sighs> mention it. Anyway, uh, let's get this one up, Rashad. Star Wars Barbie. Yes. Finally. Yes. Hey, Emily, you're a girl. You're awesome. You're a girl. Oh you have Barbies. Uh-huh. It's, it's bred into you. Are you running out to buy these? You know what? Actually, if if the price point were lower, I would get these. How much are they? They're like a hundred bucks. A hundred dollars. This is from io9 James Whitbrook. Uh, when you think Star Wars Barbies as a concept, you would think it would be very easy for Mattel to put Barbie in a Princess Leia costume and call it a day. Fair enough. Which, to be fair, Mattel has indeed done, but has also gone beyond that to deliver two extra Star Wars Barbies who are definitely are very well extra. 
I actually, um, I think these these are awesome, and partly because they didn't go the easy route of just dressing up Barbie as uh, Padme or Princess Leia, which has sort of been done. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Like we had the the action collection, I think it was called Forces of the Forces of Destiny. Yeah, too. but even before that, like when Episode One came out, and this is why I'm not even sure if they have maybe someone in the um, in the chat can let me know if the angry boys are angry about the Barbies as well. But when episode one came out, there was like tons of like these elaborate Padme, like premium Barbie. They weren't Barbies. They were made by Hasbro, but um, like very, very lovely. They're like the expensive collector Barbies or something. Yeah. Kind of like in maybe a $50 price point and then Mm. six months later at maybe a $10 price point when I was... I bought so much Phantom Menace merchandise on clearance. If if you put any of that stuff on discount, I was straight in there. But these are quite cool because they're kind of like fashion pieces based on the outfits. So there's sort of like a very... uh, like runway design yeah. chic to it. Yeah, They're- yeah. If someone was doing a Star Wars theme theme thing at New York Fashion Week, this is what you would get. Yeah. Yo, these Barbies can get it though. They look sick. <laughs> Man, they can get it. They can get it. What's it? I mean he sex. I mean, that's not what I mean, but like <laughs> it is yeah. They can conquer yeah. the world is my point. The guests on the Steel Wars podcast are independent voices and are not representative of the views of that R two Barbie Saunders. is easily my favorite. It's very David Bowie esque. I like the um, I like her jacket. It looks like she's got Leia's uh, Hoth the Hoth vest. Little vest on. But uh, I, think... I like her little three PO purse. Yeah, she I... turned him into a purse. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool little line, and I like that they didn't just uh, make Barbie dolls, which is uh, what evs really, uh, being that we have already done it. They went they went the extra mile to give us a, a customized thing. We're going to change this camera setup next time, so I'm not turning back around to look at you, Richard. I don't mind it. So handsome. I know. And you don't have any badges on today. So I do it's... have a badge on. Where? Bid, damn it! Again. Where's your badge? Right here. My pin is right here. How does that? I thought that was like a like a bracelet for your shirt or something. No, this is the Han Solo lucky dice. Into the microphone, this, producer. This is In. what I wear to work to be classy. Into the microphone. Uh, we've got someone on hold. I'm not sure if they want to chat, but uh, I'm going to just put them on the line to see what they are doing. Six one nine. Who are you? and Where are you calling from? Hello, it's Brittany from San Diego. Oh, no. Sadu! Yes. Brittany, how are you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? How's everyone? Hi, Emily. Hi, Rashad. You look naked without your jean jacket. I know, oh, but wow. it's, it's the summer heat. I got to get a jean vest. God, that's going to bring up the views. Rashad looks naked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Brittany's already written that in the chat. Oh my god! Are you writing out your scripts before you talk? I mean, we do. Okay, fair enough. What did you make of the uh, trailer, Brittany? Well, to be honest, I think I forgot the resistance existed until this trailer came out. 
But I thought it was a good trailer. I'm glad that it's ending because I would rather not have it drag out. And I don't know. I just don't really connect with a lot of these characters. Like, my favorite character is a fish, you know? So, I don't know. (laughs) That is awesome. Let's get to uh, somewhere where Brittany has been, and that is Galaxy's Edge. Uh, Emily found this article where she normally looks for uh, news on foxbusiness.com, and it says, wait times this summer, this is from, they they, they talked to an unnamed employee who uh, stayed unnamed to uh, keep his job, which apparently isn't that good because he's not getting many hours. So, um, wait times this summer for the new Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Ride. We're expected to be over two hours long all summer, but in reality, the lines have been averaging half that or less. An employee who spoke under the condition of anonymity tells Fox Business, as a result, the company has been forced to cut our hours. The need for us to work simply isn't there. Uh, Bob Iger comments that park attendance in an earnings call cited several factors, rise of Disneyland cost, both passes and hotels, expectations of overcrowding, and only one ride. According to Disney, attendance at the company's domestic parts was down 3% in the third quarter, although per capita spending was up 10%, and occupancy on on-site hotels rose 2 percentage points. Another exec also cited that annual pass holders were more restricted in dates than usual. I find that sort of reasoning, I dug a hole and someone fell in it because they were the ones that made the passes restricted. Well, (laughs) like it wasn't the government came in with like, we must restrict these passes. No, I think, uh, Brittany, you have an annual pass, right? Yes, I do. So... Unless you have, like, a really high-end tier, aren't most of the dates in the summer blacked out? Yeah, I'm not able to go until, like, early September, which usually it's, like, the the end of August. But, yeah, they're definitely dragging it out. We aren't really getting as many days as we used to. And I feel like Hmm. as the years go on, our passes aren't going to let us have so many days. I wonder how much of this was strategically planned because of Galaxy's Edge in order to maximize people who don't have passes to spend the money to go to the park and make more money that way. But at the same time, I feel like, as somebody who doesn't have a pass, I was really not planning on going until the winter of next year when I thought it would die down. I had the opportunity to go with our friends Colleen and Brandon, and it was pretty dead. We waited an hour for the Millennium Falcon ride. It was totally fine. I mean, I ended up getting a picture with the Falcon with nobody in the background, which I didn't think was ever going to happen. I had a great time there. It's really well done. But I feel like maybe all of us who don't have a pass and didn't or were anticipating the crowds stayed away. So maybe that has something to do with all this. Yeah, well, that's what um, Bobby I does say um, the expectations of overcrowding because, do you know what I mean? There was all those photoshops of, you know, making fun of that, like, Millennium Falcon area and as if you could get no one in that photo, it's going to be packed. And I definitely think... um, I was like you. I had no intention of going 
until way later because I was just like, I can't. Like, it's like, like my thing was like, you go to a party and it's open bar, but there's 300 people there and one bartender. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'd, I'd rather just go somewhere and pay. Yeah. Because like, it's like, it, it, it's, it's too good a thing. It's attracting too much people. Right. And so I was sort of like, oh, no, that's going to be a nightmare. I have no interest in, like, getting crammed up against that. And then I got an opportunity to go, um, and then I went for, um, you know, to go to, to, like, a preview. But I um, I definitely put off by that. And I've been telling people, like, before it opened, and I'd already been, I, I was saying to people, I'll oh, wait till... You know, if this is going to be your one time to go to Disneyland a year, then wait for the other ride to open. Right. And But that's, like, their problem as well. Like, they created that problem by opening it. You know, they couldn't get the ride to work. And they were like, let's just open it anyway. Sure. Which, I guess, um, in the long run, once they get over this bump, they're going to end up with more money in their pocket than not opening it sort of thing. And then you've got people that plan like their vacations. Like you've got the, the pass holders can't get in the people that live in California. And then the people that travel that take the place of the pass holders, they're like, well, I don't want to go this summer because it's going to be crazy. I've seen the Photoshop. There's a lot of people in front of that millennium Falcon. They seemed very crammed in. So, um, what has to happen, though, is this ride, this Rise of the Resistance, has to open, and it has to be amazing. Because the Falcon ride, in my opinion, is not amazing. It's fine. It's perfectly fine. It didn't blow me away. Yeah. Brittany, what did you think of the Falcon ride? I don't know. I felt the same. I'm not the biggest fan of those simulator rides where, like, you are part of the ride. Like, mm-hmm. I take Disneyland very seriously. Like, oh, I, I don't do well with change. So, going into Galaxy's Edge, I was very overwhelmed because I'm like, this is such a new experience. And I'll probably feel the same way going on Rise of the Resistance. But, I don't know. I still feel very meh about Galaxy's Edge. I loved galaxy's edge but the ride was probably my least favorite part of it to be honest i enjoyed the line in the little kind of waiting area oh, where the lounge the the best. yeah the lounge is ins- i wanted to spend like 20 more minutes there yeah um aaron in this tourism is down in america that's usually the first sign of a recession but um i think that attendance at universal studios is actually up so they've, mm-hmm. they've bounced a few really? people from uh, Disney to uh, Universal. And, of course, they've got the new <laughs> or the revamped Jurassic Park ride. Which I heard is... Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, Harry Potter and all that good stuff. But um, it's... I, I heard a um, a bizarre... I've heard there's, there's been some amazing rumours on the internet of late. Uh, the one where... Bob Iger is considering turning it into an Aladdin land. Turning what? Galaxy's, Galaxy's Edge. Edge. <laughs> <laughs> and when you make a land for $1 billion, you don't decide to change the theme of it before it's finished. Like, I, I, like I, like Disneyland is very good. 
Let's just admit it. Yeah, it's the best theme park in Southern California, I think, all around. And this ride is meant to be the best ride they've ever done, or whatever, whatever. It's it, it's up there. Yeah, and I mean, all the reports, 20 minutes, and pyrotechnics. And, and, and you get on a ride, and you get off a ride. Yeah. It's all interactive and stuff. So if um, it, this ride just has to kick everyone in the dick, and then it's 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 not like this... 12 months isn't like it's not like a film right it's it's like a 10 year like journey of money collection <laughs> wow but do you know what I mean it's it's not like they don't make these things to make all the money back in the first year yeah it's not like a film it, it, yeah. it's like a long term investment of, of let's draw people over time sure and I, I definitely don't think you can you can count it out until the other the like the pro, the main ride is open. Sure, and I I think we've been a little bit down on it. I just want to emphasize that I I thought Galaxy's Edge was amazing. Like I enjoyed just walking around, taking the sights, and I spent I think we spent like two or three hours just kind of looking at stuff in the stores and the shops and the. You know the the buildings and the architecture, and I looked at the Falcon for twenty damn minutes. I was just like in mm. awe of just the spectacle of it. I thought it was really well done. The immersion was great. You know the ride, I can take it or leave it, but I just I like that it exists. The immersion needs to step up. You got to get some aliens out there. Yeah, there needs to be aliens and actual droids moving around. But they're over the speakers where they're playing the music every once in a while. Brittany, I don't know if you notice this. But they play like a really loud sound effect that sounds like a spaceship is either landing or taking off. Oh yeah, I've heard that. I was there two weeks ago and heard that, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, the first time I heard it, I looked up like genuine, like oh, what's that? Like something, <laughs> you know? What I mean? Like oh, yeah, wow. but he'll do that for anything. Watch this. Row. He had to fight looking up. Then he uh, had to. Everything to not look up. Uh, but this Whatever is, you gotta I'm not sure when. I'm not sure what show I was on about this theory, but or not a theory, but a concept that you have every day. You have because Disney people love like chase things and collecting things and mm-hmm. stuff, and and for the people that go every day. Mm-hmm. So you have like fifty alien costumes, which I'm pretty sure they've got. Sure. And then each day you've got like 10 or 15 people and they're in those aliens. And then there's some aliens that are like only come out like five times a year. And it's like, oh my God. Like, and then you can do it like in jokes. Like, yeah, I, I got a photo with Yak Face today or, or like a blue snaggle So the idea would just be you got to go take a photo with that person? Well, it's just fun. Aliens, sorry. Like to have aliens. And then if you're going all the time and you're just like, oh, yeah, there's Greedo again. But if you mixed it around, then there'd be like, like, because when you get into the head of that regular Disney goer that's into like the badges and that sort of stuff, the what? Into the badges, the what? The badges. Mm-mm. Don't like that. Love it. Uh, what, what do you think about that idea, Brittany? Do you think that would um, make things a little bit more exciting? And you, you could take a photo on the app. Is the app thing just a joke? Like, is the app thing like all like hot air? I don't like people were so into it before it opened, but I don't hear anyone raving about their app experience. 
Yeah, I think that would be a good idea with getting, like, different creatures and walking around. But I think the only thing that's keeping them from doing that is people lining up and taking pictures. Because I, I, don't, I don't know, I've been to Galaxy's Edge that many times, but I think when people see Ray and everything, they think that it's, like, you know, the other part of the park where you can take pictures with the characters and line up. So I wouldn't want people to get confused, but... Overall, I think that would be a good idea. I have a question, actually, for the two of you. You both have have you both been to the cantina in Galaxy's Edge? Yes. Are there aliens hanging out in the cantina, like pretending to be patrons? No, there's not. Ah. And you know, there should be. Like, of course, like they have the bartenders there, like acting like you're on that too. Mm-hmm. But. Honestly, like, it just reminds me so much of Scum and Villainy. I've been there so many times. (laughs) So it's just funny being in there and being like, wow, I'm paying $20 for, you know, like, an experience, or for drinks and an experience that I have, like, 40 minutes away from here. Sure. And no no podcast. No podcast. But no Captain America. Yeah, like, I... No, no Captain America, no Steel Wars. No Tater Tots. It's weird. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Yeah. All right, let's move on to D23, which I was very happy to realize this morning is in two weeks' time. Not this week. Uh, Disney Plus Showcase. These are the things going on of interest. Friday at 3.30 for 90 minutes with hopefully an official release on a Mando trailer. I am... I'm not sure what you guys in the chat think, and if anyone wants to call in, uh, very happy to take your call on 563-999-3745. But for everything this year, as far as... uh, Thank you, Rashad. Mm -hmm. The Rise of Skywalker promotion, the Mandalorian promotion, it's been very quiet. Now, I kind of see myself as some sort of pseudo-marketing expert. But I'm not a marketing expert. There's people that work at Disney that are. And I am hoping from two weeks from today, or whenever D23 is, up until the release of Disney Plus and The Rise of Skywalker, they blow me away with the promotion for this stuff. Because I think general like knowledge awareness of the Mandalorian to you know Jimmy Ticket Buyer the guy that's got two Funko Pops who lives around the corner from you Mm -hmm. I think it's very low and they just need to like and and, and I can't wait for it because this is like this streaming service thing is such a key you know maybe more than it probably is more than the the Disney Park, the Galaxy's Edge. This is like key a, to Disney's yeah. future. This is where they're investing a bunch of their money. I mean, they're 
not planning on turning a profit on the streaming service for three, four, maybe five years. Yeah, which is quite common with streaming services. Mm, which, which is, no, it's really like two years. It's because the price point's so low. Yeah, but I mean, like, not so much like the exact amount of to- of years, but it is like a, a loss leader for correct. But and- once it, you know, hopefully gains momentum and gains steam, it's going to probably be the most consistent and arguably the biggest chunk of money Disney can expect to bring in. You know, I mean, they can count on like maybe twenty five percent of their company income coming just from the streaming service. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're hoping for. Yeah, and apparently that um, the Home Alone remake is for Disney Plus. That's insane. That's insane. Disney's just coming in aggressive. We're going to give you the streaming service for seven bucks, and it's going to have every Disney thing ever and all these Star Wars movies in a brand new, for the first time, live-action Star Wars show. Come and get it. Come and get it. Yeah. With Peter Russell Clark. It's an Australian reference. Um, totally didn't get it. Filoni and Favreau will be there for the uh, Disney Plus. I, Brittany, I've, we've been in the trenches at, at D23 together before. These um, these shared panels, I think you're a bit more tolerant of them than I. I can't stand them. Yep. Can somebody explain what a shared panel is? What? Well, they just so got- a shared panel is Thank you, Brittany. different movies. Oh, sorry. Hi. I'm interrupting as always. No, please. Explain. So I believe... Okay. I believe when I hear like a shared panel, I think of like Pixar and Walt Disney Studios and like different streaming services. Like for instance, during one of the panels, we're going to get a sneak peek of Lady and the Tramp, and then they're going to talk about the Mandalorian. So you're going from like different universe to different universe. If if you can't see this, he's steel is literally grinding his nails on the table and ruining his really nice table. Oh my God. I've now got table underneath my nails. That's disgusting. Oh my God. Sorry. So Brittany, you're saying in say the panel is from like one to three. It's just going to be a hodgepodge mm-hmm. of different projects that they're going to throw at you. It's not even going to be a consistent theme. Correct. So we're going to get sneak peeks and appearances from many people in different Disney movies, animated movies. Like, for instance, uh, I think there's like a Pixar movie coming out with Tom Holland and Chris Pratt. We'll probably see them. Um, I don't know. It's... I'm, it's not very ideal for a Star Wars, a big Star Wars fan, to like go to these conventions because I mean you're only getting so little Star Wars and like so much Disney, which is why I don't think Steel was very entertained last year when um, it was announced that the table for Mary Poppins is returning. So Dude, I, I, I would have burned that table. <laughs> and and <laughs> in, in all of the reviews, no one mentioned that. No one said the table killed it. That's all I'm going to say. What the hell? A table from Mary Poppins? Yeah, they brought it back. What table? Yeah. I don't know. Some table. Apparently, it's key to the story. Like, if it was, it sound like it was like a two-hour panel about a table and not just a thing they mentioned that they thought was cool. <laughs> To be honest, that is the only thing I remember from that panel. Same. And then some dude came out and danced. And then some orchestra played music from Mary Poppins. And then we got the Lion King teaser, which I always talk about on the podcast for some reason. 
And then Star Wars people came out and shared something that was literally on StarWars.com like 10 seconds later. So, But still, it was a great time. I'm the big Disney person, so I am very excited for these panels and to not sleep for two days. So yeah, I- Here's the thing, Steel Saunders. Oh, God. No. It's not... <laughs> It's not a Star Wars convention. What do you expect them to do? Like, do you want like a twenty-minute Star Wars panel, and then like a a twenty-minute Marvel show panel, and a twenty-minute here's the Home Alone panel? No, I want an hour Star Wars panel, and then they can you can do whatever else you want with the corpse of um, of Kevin. Are there specific Star Wars related panels scheduled at D twenty three? As of right now? Yes. Um, There's a Galaxy's yeah, Edge. The Isn't there like... I have a list. Oh, please give us the list, oh. Emily. Unless Steel is the looking Star at Wars... it right now. It's Emily's There's... list. Okay. Besides the fact that the Disney Plus showcase and the, the movie one where we'll see something from Rise of Skywalker, there's three smaller specific Star Wars panels. There's... The, the tables of Star Wars. Stop interrupting. Sorry. I want to hear this. I'm very invested. It was too funny to me not to <laughs> say. You have the music and sounds of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge on Friday at 12.30. You have Vader Immortal, a Star Wars VR experience, Episode 2, First Look. That's on Friday at 2. And then you have Inspiring Women Behind Star Wars Galaxy's Edge on Sunday at 2. So probably not the most exciting panels for me personally, but... Yeah, there's a few dedicated panels. And in these kind of generic Disney panels, that's where they're going to throw maybe some Rise of Skywalker stuff, maybe oh, definitely. Mandalorian stuff. No, definitely Mandalorian stuff and definitely Rise of Skywalker stuff. They've, they've said they're doing it. It's just, it's like, the panel isn't, here's, it's, it's, it's by topic, just not by, like, franchise. So there's the Disney Plus panel and then there's... And then there is the Walt Disney Studios panel where they're looking at their films for the next couple of years. Got it. So, so Emily, you you seem very defensive of this table. I think Emily wants to put you through this table. Are you (laughs) pro-table? You know what? I am pro-table. I think I think all the tables in Mary Poppins should have been in Mary Poppins 2 or whatever that movie was called. I didn't actually see that movie, but all the original tables. <laughs> Any time you make a sequel, you should you should have to use the original table. Well, it's not a, like if they said I oh, were using the original umbrella, I'd be like, oh, that's that's yeah, that's sick." Still, I think it's time we table this discussion. Oh. Oh. Ooh. Hold on. Wow. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. Thanks for giving Steele and I something to agree on, Rashad. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm. Uh, I, I like the hanging out with Brittany and uh, Rusty is is like what I'm looking forward to, and knowing that I shouldn't expect. I think I'll have a much better time this time because I know what to expect, and that's. Not much, and then I'll de- and then they'll show me something good, and I'll be so stoked. Yeah, hopefully Just have a good time. Maybe, and then I'll be there yeah. in the evening. It'll be great. Are you really going in the evening? I'm going to go oh, really? Saturday night. Yeah, I'm going to hang out. Oh, okay. I'm not going to go to the convention, but I'll come have some drinks with you guys. 
what are you going to do afterwards? I'll get you a drink. What do you mean afterwards? Where are you going to stay that night? Uh, buddies. Okay. I was trying to get a ride home. Oh, sorry. I'm not driving home. Damn it. This is bad news for all Star Wars fans. Uh, and then our final item is that it will melt your mind. Oh, Steel, do you have a charger I can borrow? I do. Well, if we don't charge this, the show's over. So. Yeah, I, we're good. I'm giving it to you. I know. Just You can flip the screen around. Yep, I know. I'm aware. Are you though? going to do that. I, I was just saying what you're doing. You pre meditated the decision and the oh, judgment. I think it. you could just say that's a handy tip steal, thank you. Dude, it's on video. We can see that you weren't gonna flip it around. I was just trying to get the cable from you first okay. and then logistically we would have figured it out. Alright, well everyone in the chat, you just you just review that footage and uh, see what's going. Uh, our Final item is Kevin Smith visited the set of The Rise of Skywalker, and uh, this is uh, this story's been going around since Comic Con. But I thought it was a fun thing to chat about. Emily agreed, and any time that me and Emily agree is cause for celebration and a segment on a podcast. Kevin Smith visited the set of The Rise of Skywalker and was told by the crew that there was one thing in particular that he really needed to look at. They were like, "You have to see this." When you see it, it will melt your mind. I was like, what was it? And they were like, ask JJ, he told IGN. As it turned out, JJ Abrams didn't agree with his crew. He goes, don't. I say, why? And he said, it's the last shot of the movie. I was like, well, now I really want to see it. And he said, you don't want this spoiled. You want to be in the theater when you see this. Trust me. You know how I could have distilled this entire conversation? Mm-hmm. Kevin Smith, crew member, dude. Bro. Bro. Dude. 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 <laughs> bro. Nah, bro. The end. <laughs> now, you know, there's a few people in the chat saying that Kevin Smith is uh, the king of hyperbole, and, and why not? And I, I also think that if you that then you can interpret his stuff sure. right. uh, but when you hear and if, if people in the chat want to call in or they just want to talk about it in the chat what, what do people think this final set could be ooh I want to hear from Brittany and Emily too what they think Brittany or Emily I mean I've sort of been of the impression of I'm never going to figure out what this could possibly be because I don't know it's got to be something familiar but I also don't quite know what it is when he's talking about you need to look at something like is he talking about like a physical set and he's talking about a like a scene that was shot that like footage so that's been really unclear to me from everything that kevin smith has said and so that makes guessing anything pretty much impossible i'm i'm of the impression it's of a set like the set is the part of the mind melting experience i can't 
can't even I can't even come up with a guess of what a set like like a literal piece of a set could be that would melt my mind or even be like holy crud. Even like once you take into account Smith's hyperbole. All right, uh, uh, here's a few options. I think um, Naboo, something mm. on Naboo wouldn't melt my brain. Ew. I'm just throwing them out. I'm, I've, I've got a long okay. list. Let's just ch- okay. let's just chill out before we start throwing Mary Poppins' table at me, everyone. Jeez, through him. <laughs> I, and 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 just so everyone understands. I'm going through the films chronologically thinking of great oh, sets. Man. Okay? okay? Oh, my God. This is going to be a great list. Let's just chill out. I, I think <laughs> Attack of the Clones, um, the only thing that it could possibly be from Attack of the Clones that would melt your mind is not actually their set, and that would be the Skywalker farm on Tatooine. Or the Camino cloning facility, which has been run down after so many years, last used by Emperor Palpatine to clone himself and create Rey. I'm being facetious, by the way. I don't actually wow. believe that's a thing. Okay. I'm just trying to trying to be a little, you know, throw a little uh, edgelord into your theories. Go ahead. Continue. God, Rashad the edgelord. Yeah. Okay, well, wait, wait. I have a question. Is, is mind-melting equal surprise because I wouldn't find I I would really really like an ending on Tatooine I think it would be beautiful and gorgeous but also I wouldn't be shocked by it Mm. I've got an idea hit me with it mind melting right no. Okay. No. Hang on. Pass. Wait. You pass. didn't even let me. Wow. No, because no, because you've got you've held it like you are leading into a pun. It was not a pun. Okay. Go. Okay. So they're on this new no desert planet, uh-huh. right? Yep. They're all the whole film. Rumor has it, there's everyone is looking for one thing, right? Mm-hmm. Happiness. We'll see. So. You know, the group, our, our resistance group, our Poe, our Ray, and our Finn, you know, they make it through this canyon, and they find what they're looking for. And it's encased in this very ornate kind of box. And, you know, Kylo Ren and the First Order show up with the Knights of Ren just before, you know, they're able to kind of whisk it away. They imprison Ben, or not Ben, they imprison Poe, Ray and Finn, and then force them to witness what they're about to do, which is open this box. Turns out this box is the Ark of the Covenant, and upon opening the box, releases four spirits and literally melts everyone's minds. Written and directed by George Lucas. All connected. I thought it was funny. I hate I wish you could hang up on people that are next to me. See, I, you, you, you've got this tell that, like, it's like you're going to, like, this is leading to a bad joke. Part of that is the funny part, though. That's The humor is in the fact that you know the bad joke's coming. Is it? Anyway. Continue. Thank you. Uh, Revenge of the Sith... I don't think there's really anywhere that could blow your mind in Revenge of the Sith. Mustafar. 
Vader's castle. Yeah, but that's not like um, that's more Rogue One. Yeah, but you also called Tatooine back from Attack of the Clones, and Tatooine, I think of A New Hope and Return of the Jedi more than Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I, I just like Vader. Sure. I, I just um, like when they were there, it wasn't built. True. Say, Vader was born there. No, he wasn't. I mean, Vader was born. No, it was in it was it was on Coruscant. Yeah, you know what I mean. Had he been like thinking about that name? Had he like did he have a whiteboard with all like different like names for Anakin? Darth Chad. Because he because he just like Darth Kyle, he just threw it out there. Darth Vader. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, then in Star Wars, I think. Um, There's an interesting one. Of course, there's uh, the Lars Homestead. What about the um, the temple where they had the medal ceremony? On Yavin? Yavin 4. Count them. Yeah. Count them. Four. I don't know. Uh, what, 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 if you saw a set of the Yavin... Um, Metal giving area would would how would your mind be dealing with that, Brittany? It would melt. <laughs> okay, no, I, I legitimate question though. <laughs> what would actually melt your mind? No, like, wait, we haven't gone through the list. Oh. <sighs> so angry. No, I'm just trying to go through the list, and, and like your last suggestion was like. I'm holding back a lot of suggestions. Oh, that's... I feel about this list like you feel about that table still. Okay. Oh. <laughs> we've got to, we've got, we have to work out this, this mystery. Empire Strikes Back. Nothing, I don't think. Dagobah. But I don't think they're going back there. Um, you know, people say like Cloud City. It's like, yeah. whatever. Great place. But um, going back there... Return of the Jedi, you've got the Death Star in that water. Like, mm-hmm. is, is is the final scene, like, like in, like, one of those underwater temple-y, you know, the, how they had the, all that production artwork from The Force Awakens with, like, the sunken Death Star? I don't think they're going to end The Rise of Skywalker last shot with, like, the location of the final conflict. I think it'll be like sometime down the road and there'll be it'll be at a different location. I don't think it's going to be like there. Although I think the last like major scene will probably be there. Ewok Village. No. Don't see that happening. That would be sick, but probably not. Damn it. Imagine a redeemed Kylo Ren dancing it up with low gray. I have a legit theory that isn't a joke. If I can just Pause it for a moment. Do you want some, do you want some music for this? No, what? I don't. Okay. Um, so, I mean, popular theory is the Skywalker is now becoming the new term for what the new generation of Jedi Force users become. Okay, bottom line. What if Rey is, like, becoming the new symbol of that in the galaxy, and the last shot is, like, of a temple of these new force users and it's like a statue of Ray with 
you know, some other force users of the past or something like that. And she's a teacher there, or it's even generations past her time. What if I it- hope she's not there, like, in front of a statue of herself. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awful. What about if it's Ray at Skywalker Farm looking at the twin sons? I would love that if that's how it ends. It's not like the most original thought, no. and, and you know, Emily said it wouldn't be that surprising, but some sweet action. What do you guys think? I think it would definitely, it would, that would be heart melting. And I'm happy with heart melting. Me too. And it's also how the um, the prequel trilogy ended. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. I hope I walk out of the cinema feeling a bit more upbeat than that, though. I think you will. Okay. I liked Revenge of the Sith. I sort of just walked out. I remember just thinking, could have been more. That's all the Star Wars we're getting? That's, that's a shame. Hmm. Little did I know. Little did I know. Uh, what, 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 Brittany, do you have anything like a, a mind melter? Well, something just popped up in my head. Love it. Like, what if, what if they go back to, like, the old Jedi Temple? Like, how much in ruins is it? Like, I know they talk about it a little bit in the comics that, like, that's where Palpatine's chilling. But maybe, like they go there and something goes down there or something. I don't know. But when I think, like, mind-melting, I think seeing certain people would be, like, mind-melting. Like, I remember for a split second after seeing Maul and Solo, my mind was melted because I'm like, how did this happen? But I love yeah. that internal dialogue. We've got a call just before we wrap up. 919, who are you and where are you calling from? This is Michael Patton calling from Brooklyn. Michael Pappas? Michael Pandon. Oh, sorry. I was like, you sound um, not like Michael Pappas, so I'm glad it's not you. What what do you think, Michael? Well, I actually was talking with Michael Pappas about this as soon as this news broke. And name dropping. We came, we came up. Well, you you started it, Steel. But we were talking about it being. the medal ceremony scene because everyone that's talking about it could be this person with this, the actors weren't in the scene. It was just the set you were going to look at. Mm. So it has to be something, it has to be, it has to be a set that you know and recognize. Um, even if it is the twin sons, you wouldn't know that you were looking at the twin sons unless they just had a couple of twin sons hanging there as props. Oh, but they could have, um, they could have rebuilt that mound. They could they could they could, could have built that set. Like I know that's yeah. in Tunisia, but they, like there there is a chance that they would um they could duplicate that like on a soundstage, and that would be like if you walked into a room and you were on the Skywalker farm, say goodbye to having an like an unliquefied brain. That's my opinion. That's true, but then again, it also what you know it gets back to the what is mind melting thing. And I, I personally just think that it's going and seeing a set. So walking in and seeing um, where they were given the medals for the medal ceremony and, you know, correlate that's how the first movie ended and that's how the last movie is going to end. 
interesting. God, we're all yearning for some Star Wars ring theory. All yearning. It's like My poetry. favorite thing. We're all the children of Queen. Yeah. It rhymes. It's on, it's like poetry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I um, I, I think the medal ceremony it, it, it could well be. And there's hints. Do you know what I mean? You see that Yavin medal. You see the um, the the blockade runner. Yeah. In the uh, all uh, swamped up in the garage in the space garage. It's, it's- is Chewie finally going to get a medal if he's not dead? Don't, he don't you I'll dare. Fight for that medal. Don't you put that out in the universe. <laughs> Chewie's fine, everyone. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Uh, thanks, Michael. Thank you so much for your call. And uh, I think we are about at the end of the show. What do you think, Producer Rashad? I, uh, I would agree. Nice. Uh, if you haven't yet, it just went up to the uh, iTunes feed today, check out the new interview with old Iranian Rose talking about Star Wars fandom in the Ukraine. Quite a um, a really cool and unique Star Wars story. And uh, I had heaps of fun making that one. And patrons had that over the weekend. And if you are a Patreon, it's uh, just... Or if you're not, it's just $3 a month, you guys. And there is a slew of content. We're doing the uh, episodes with Rashad, talking pop culture. We just did one about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was fun. And uh, we are doing, like... This is the thing. Like, King Tom... Reads all the books. Steel doesn't read any books because he doesn't have time. So I just figured if he just rung me up and told me what happened in the book, I would be informed and it would make good content. So we've got that one as well. And uh, we've got another robber report and a Q&A that will be up in the next 24 hours. So uh, thank you, Brittany Brown, for joining us. Thank you, Emily Lind, for co-hosting. It's always a pleasure. And I can't recommend their podcast, The Canto Byte Dispatch, enough. It's um, it's a joy to listen to. What are you guys going to be talking about this week? What, what did we talk? What did we talk? I'm trying to think what we talked about this week that we can talk about on this show. Um, our show is very not safe for work. Uh, we talked a little about Galaxy's Edge stuff. Um, Brittany, you edited this episode. What else did we talk about? Uh, we talked about that new book narrated by Luke Skywalker. We talked about the new Galaxy's Edge cookbook. And that's all the appropriate things we talked about. Ooh, sizzle. That is some good sizzle. Mm-hmm. Yes. But, um, yes, I uh, love that podcast with uh, the, the, the comic timing between you guys. It's, um, it's... On point. It's scintillating. It's just... Da-dun, da-dun, da-dun. I'm not sure if that music means anything to anyone in this day and age, but it means a lot to me. Uh, so, check out the Canto Byte Dispatch now. Go there now. Is a new episode up now? Uh... Friday. Friday. All right. Well, you can relive the good times from last week. In 24 hours and 30 minutes. Excellent. And we've got here, Jim Grote says, Episodes 7 and 9 will be revealed to be a hologram viewer dream that Chewbacca's dad, Itchy, was watching. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) How dare you? 
Rashad, you just got out Rashaded. I did. <laughs> Rashad, where can we find you on the internet, buddy? I'm on Twitter at iCossum. I host a podcast with my best friend, Justin Rodriguez, Will Communication. If you're into Star Wars comics, mm-hmm. that's where you find me. I'm also talking about Star Wars comics on the Bad Motivators Patreon uh, Seismic Charges with Luke and His Highness King Tong. And you can find me on your Patreon talking about pop culture stuff on our show, Sadu. Nice. You haven't seen Succession yet, have you? I haven't. Should that be the next one? Maybe I should get through season one. So good. Okay. Oh, my God. I'll power through season one. That'll be the next one. It's, um, yeah, it is truly quite a good show and um, for those wondering we're going to do the call-in show every two weeks currently good to know so our next one will be the Wednesday after D23 fantastic so we'll be able to find out um, you know if they reveal if Mary Poppins table is in the rise of Skywalker <laughs> I'm really excited to not have to watch potato quality Mandalorian footage yeah, get it out there. I, as I said, I, I, I want to be. I'm prepared to be dazzled by the promotional hype, and uh, let's do it. Show me, dazzle me with your media might. Uh, thanks to everyone in the chat room. Thanks to uh, Michael and King Tom and Brittany for calling in, and thank you out there in content land for uh, viewing or watching. Uh, spread the word. My son wants dinner, so I better go, and may that force be with you. I really hope there was music. There we go. That's better. Bye. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.